Yo, what's good, what's good? Um, just wanted to jump on here today. I was thinking about Luke 12:51, And uh, basically, um, the scripture goes like this. Suppose ye that I come to give peace on earth. I tell you nay, but rather division. And it's interesting because when I look back at my life and I realize when basically everybody was, when I have a lot of friends, when I was popular and I was going to all the parties and hanging out on every side of town with all these different groups of kids, basically <clears throat> as a teenager growing up, like Preteen years, it was it was pretty rocky, right? Because I didn't like identify with any crowds or anything. I was pretty much like a quiet, introverted type of kid. It was like periods, right? So you know that I remember elementary school and stuff like that, where um, it was rocky, you know, and it was rocky outside of the house and inside of the house. And that kind of carried a little bit into like my preteens, but once I basically started acting like everybody else, right, and wasn't, I don't want to say so uptight, but so, I don't know, I think when God puts, puts an anointing on somebody's life or he sets his children apart from the world, something in the spiritual is going on, definitely. You know what I mean? So that's what I felt like I was experiencing early on as a child, you know, elementary school and all that. Because when I was in elementary school, this was all before I I think I was even in sixth grade. It could have been could have been sixth grade. Could have been fifth grade. Um, but I know it was somewhere between probably fifth and seventh grade, so I'm guessing sixth grade, where I tried to commit suicide. And I remember my sister laughing at me because she somehow I was in the I lived in the basement. So I was already outcasted from the rest of the family because it was a two story apartment. And my parents, well, not my parents, but my dad and his girlfriend's bedroom were upstairs. Right. And their room was facing like the front street or, you know, it was on the same side as the front door. It was above the living room. Then there was a bathroom in between their room and another bedroom. And in that other bedroom, it was my sister's. She was older, so, you know, it is what it is. But, um, and then you go downstairs and you got the living room and the kitchen. And then I was in the basement. So I was already secluded from the whole family. You know what I mean? So... When people are waking up every day and there's activity going on upstairs, you know, my dad's getting ready, listening to music. He's in the bathroom or whatever. My sister's awake. She's getting ready for school. And then they come downstairs and, you know, now they're in the living room talking and like all this life is going on on those two levels, you know. And then in the basement, and nobody goes to the basement unless they're doing laundry. That's where I, that's where I stay. That's where I lived. And... Being isolated like that, 
I think that's when the devil started really, you know, getting at me. And I, you know, I kept hearing that I, you know, I should just kill myself. I should just kill myself. And I remember hearing that constantly. So I wrapped a clothing line around my neck and I was sitting on the, the washer, the dryer. And I was just about to to jump off because I'm a kid, you know, so I had to like climb up on it and my feet were dangling. Like I definitely wasn't tall enough to, to, to have my neck wrapped around a clothing line unless I was standing on something. So, <clears throat> I mean, I didn't know how to tie a noose or anything. So I just, you know, just wrapped it around my neck a whole bunch of times. And my sister came downstairs and she looked at me and she just had this big smile on her face. And she said something like, you're stupid. And that's really all I needed. And I jumped. And then I know that uh, Brenda, my dad's girlfriend, she was down there like super quick. So I know my sister must have went upstairs, said something to her in the kitchen or the living room. And she ran downstairs and she just like got me, unwrapped me out of it. And I remember she was like hugging me. But I remember there wasn't a real connection there. Like I knew that there wasn't really any love there. Like I knew that wasn't my mother and it just felt awkward. Like that's the only feeling it could feel. And even, you know, like her trying to be compassionate and sympathetic in the moment. I remember how fake it felt. Like it didn't feel real. And then I remember she was like, you know, I'm going to get you this for your birthday. You know, we're going to get you these presents. And I remember she was like, basically, you know, probably trying to reassure me that everything was going to be good. And she probably didn't know the exact reason why I was doing it. And, um, I don't think there was an exact reason. I just think being depressed, you know, and just feeling isolated and not like I belonged here, you know, like I remembered always having a feeling like I didn't belong here, but I remember, you know, I had a rocky relationship with my sister, you know, and there was never a real connection. Like I never really had the real solid, like best friend, you know, ride or die, you know, type of camaraderie or fellowship or relationship with anybody. Never had that with anybody because everybody betrayed me, you know, and everybody um, insulted me and talked down on me and made fun of me. And, you know, with the name like Jupiter, I mean, the, jo the jokes are endless, right? And kids are cruel. And and then, you know, you want... One thing that I noticed in my life is, like, whenever I was in my feelings and, you know, feeling super depressed and, and you know, ashamed and outcasted, and I was trying to, like, confide in somebody, I always got the cold shoulder. Like, you're overreacting. You're just sensitive. You're like a little girl. You're too feminine and... Things like that, you know what I'm saying? And so I think by like time I got to middle school, it started to, to harden me a little bit. You know, it started to harden me a little bit and I started to become colder, you know, a little bit more heartless. Just because of, you know, never having nurturing, never having like a real mother. You know, my dad just had different girlfriends all the time, you know. So it was just like all these different girls, you know, that my dad was dating and 
Brenda, she was the one that stuck around, stuck around the longest because he ended up having kids with her. But there was still that awkwardness, you know. And I, I mean, I'm a kid, so I don't know what's going on. Like I, I can't, I couldn't tell. But I knew that I was the one that was always blamed for it. Like I was weird, I was strange, I was odd. There's just something wrong with that kid. He's got mental issues. Like that, that was the diagnosis of the world on me. And if it, it, I mean, it does a number on you. Obviously, if you're in elementary school and you're trying to commit suicide, that's a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? That's like a lot. And I think after I tried to do that, people were kind, kind of backed up a little bit. But I still remember too, like, um, because honestly, I remember as a little kid, you know, probably like first or second grade, they had this um, Sunday school thing for kids. And my dad had, a, had, uh, had I think, I know at least I went. I don't know if my sister went or not, but I know I went. And I remember, you know, going there that I did probably say the sinner's prayer and give my life to Christ. You know what I mean? So I know from that point on, it was rocky, you know, like even as a little kid, you know first grade on to, to like fifth grade it was heavy heavy and then I remember even in like fifth or sixth grade um, my friend Sam Dotery his mom had me say the sinner's prayer as well because I was cussing and she's probably like why is this little kid cussing you know I don't let my, my kid cuss so she she took the authority to, to talk to me you know what I mean and there was a lot of attacks. I remember one time I was on a bus and some some kid threw something at the back of my head. And I turned around, obviously, instant reaction. And he was like, I don't like that kid. I'm going to I'm gonna beat him up. And I was like, man, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> and nobody knew who it was. I guess it was some kid from another school and he was just riding the bus that day. But obviously he was probably like a bad kid or something. And... I wasn't entirely sure maybe he was talking about me or not because there's other kids sitting in the front. Maybe he's trying to hit someone else or something. But I know when I was getting off, he clipped me, meaning he stuck his foot in front of my foot when I was trying to go walk down the steps. And I fell flat on my face on the concrete. And um, and then he just jumped on top of me and just started uh, punching me in the back of my head. And it took a minute before the bus driver even, you know, pulled him off of me you know and I, I don't know I don't even think I've seen that kid anymore after that you know but um one day I was coming home from school and I had like three three or four kids that were chasing me that didn't like me for some reason you know and I was a quiet kid like I didn't have like friends like groups groups of kids that I hung out with or anything <laughs> I was just a kid going to school so it wasn't anything other than you know paying attention to the teacher, you know, doing my homework, you know, just being a student, you know, um, <clears throat> I remember even like on the playground, like I didn't, I didn't like go play with the other kids. I remember like catching bees, catching bees with my hand and like playing with the bugs and on the ground and, you know, maybe like, uh, arranging rocks or gravel or something. And, you know, I don't know, just, I was just like maybe being on the swing set by myself or whatever. And, um, um, I did, I remember I had a lot of girl friends that were girls too at that time. Um, I have 
other classmates that I talked to, I remember, but I never had like, it was never like, this is the cool kid group. This is the gothic kid group. This is, you know, like I, not in elementary school, you know what I mean? I was just a regular kid. But, um, yeah, I was, I, these kids was chasing me and I was, they was on my heels. I was, I barely was in front of them cause it was three of them chasing me. And I barely made it to my front door. And I remember when I was running, cause you know, there's a lot of commotion, kids are yelling and screaming. And I remember seeing my dad looking out the window and I'm like, yeah, dad, dad. And I'm like, uh, open the door, open the door. As soon as I tried to open the door, it was already unlocked. But I put, I pulled, I opened it like just a crack and he pushed it shut and he locked the door on me. And those three kids jumped me on, on the front porch right in front. And my dad watched the whole thing. And, um, that day I was like devastated, you know what I mean? And I got away. I remember I just kicked, I kicked like two kids in the nuts. And, um, I think I, I started choking some kid and pushed him to the ground. And I remember I literally grabbed, the, once the kid was on his ground, his legs were up. I grabbed both of his legs with each of my hands. So my hands were around his ankle and I jumped on his nuts and I took off running. And, um. They weren't chasing me after that, you know what I'm saying? But I remember I didn't go go home till really late that night, and when I did, it wasn't even like no conversation. Like it was never like you got to be home at a certain time to eat, anything like that. It wasn't like when I did get home, there was food in the microwave for me. Like obviously sometimes there's going to be leftovers and things like that. But I remember that my dad's girlfriend labeled the groceries that she bought. So if she had milk, it would say Brenda's milk. You know, Brenda's Kool-Aid, Brenda's, you know, everything was labeled. Brenda's bread, don't touch. Brenda's cheese and meat, you know. And so I remember my dad would always be like, well, you need to you need to find some friends and, and go eat at their house. You need to start figuring out how you're going to feed yourself. And you're telling a kid this, you know what I mean? So I just remember being a kid in elementary school trying to figure things out. So a lot of times, unless I was get, I mean, I had to get the free lunch or whatever. But free lunch at school was the way that I ate while I was at school. And then after school, I would try to find a place to eat, you know. Of course, like I said, they're going to make food for them or whatever, you know. And then sometimes my dad would throw me 2 or $3 to, to walk to McDonald's or Wendy's. And that was a good day. That was like a day where he was in a cool mood, you know. But it was just pretty much like the feeling was like you, you know that you irritate people. And when you feel, and you don't know how you're irritating people because you don't really talk and you're an introvert, it's kind of confusing trying to figure out like, dang, like, I don't know what I'm doing now, years and years later, you know, after thoroughly studying the Bible and really understanding God's anointing on my life, like now I see what it is. Like now I see that, you know, this life is like a school. It is a test. Who's going to make it to heaven? Who's going to make it to hell? And a lot of people are going to hell, right? But yeah, anyways, the reason I'm saying all of that is just to basically to say this. <laughs> I'm 43 now, and things haven't changed, you know what I'm saying? So it's like when I'm close to God and I feel like I'm doing what God wants me to do, which is just trying to do the right things and not, not the bad things in life, you're under heavy attack. And so my nephew passed away last month. Same same week that I lost my job, where I got suspended, I was officially terminated a couple days ago. And um, 
So it was a rough week, you know. And then my sister was raising money for the funeral. And then you're put in a situation where it's like, man, I don't even have money, but I don't want to be that guy to where, you know, that, because I'm always, I'm always, all, always being insulted. Like my family's always got something bad to say about me. Everybody's always got something negative to say about me. When I'm doing the right thing, when I'm not, when I'm doing the bad thing, everybody's cool with me. Like, yeah, you know, when I had pounds of weed, I was selling drugs. I was driving luxury vehicles. It was way different story. You know what I mean? Like, it was a way different story. Everybody loved me, you know? I'm going to their parties. I'm drinking and partying with them. So I have stories where I'm partying with my little brother, you know, partying with my sister. I got those stories. Those were good times, honestly. But I wasn't living a holy and righteous lifestyle. Now that I'm living a holy and righteous lifestyle and trying to do what God wants me to do, everybody hates me. So the whole reason I bring this up is I reached out to my nephew's father, you know, uh, his name's Chris, and I had an issue with him because I actually was going to sell him my Mercedes Benz when he basically had some recovery time because he was a heroin addict and he was trying to get his life on track. And I'm like, look, man, I want to do something for you. I want to, I want to sell you this car. And I'll do it. For, I'll put. I'll let you make payments on it. You know what I'm saying? That way, it can inspire you to keep your job, to stay on track, and, and do the right thing. You know, and to prove how much I trust you. And I don't want because I don't want to keep it in my name while you're making payments for me. For it, as soon as you make the first payment, which was the first day that we was doing all the paperwork and everything, set up the payment schedule and all that, just like it was a car dealership. Um, I'll I'll sign the title over to you. Now, mind you, this I knew this guy since high school because he was dating my sister in high school. That's when she got pregnant, when she was 16. You know, I moved out when I was like 15, 16 years old. So, but before then, you know, 14, 13 years old or whatever, I remember like this dude not even being in school. So he was out of school already, meaning he was old, way older than my sister. And he was dating my sister who was in high school and got her pregnant and all that. And um, so he was kind of like a, a big brother type of figure. You know what I mean? So I I had those memories in my mind. Like I remember that he was the big dog. Like he provided for my sister. Like he had a job. He had a, he got her a house. All these things. You know what I mean? So I was looking at that image of him in my mind when I wanted to help him, you know, because he was on the right track, but he was in a situation. He, he didn't have a vehicle, he had a job, and he was at a point where he could, could lose his job if he couldn't make it there. And that could spell disaster for a recovering heroin addict, you know what I'm saying? I had the, I had the Benz, I had a, a 2006 uh, Chrysler Crossfire limited edition convertible at the time. And I think I had a a Ford Explorer or something, or an Expedition, I don't know, either way, I, I could, I had, I was able to bless him because I had other vehicles, or another vehicle, I don't remember, but he uh, reneged on the deal, ghosted me, disappeared, stopped making payments, and um, it, it, it didn't end good when I finally tracked him down, you know, because I basically had to 
to threaten force. Like, I mean, I was still a drug dealer at that time, too. You know what I mean? So, I handled things in a street format because that was the only way. I don't know. You know, I used to I used to sell drugs. So I know the customers that I dealt with. I know what it was like dealing with customers that smoke crack and sniff coke. I know what it was like to deal with, you know, customers that shot heroin and, and did opi opioids, you know, and, you know, I had problems with everybody, even the weed smokers, you know what I mean? But more problems with those that did the harder drugs, you know? And I also wanted to change my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I remember get, getting a job and, and trying to wanting to do the right thing in my life as well and clean up my life so I understood you know what I mean like sometimes you need help sometimes you need someone to look out for you anyways long story short um, he burned a bridge with me I forgave him um, they even uh, called the cops on me and said that I threatened them at knife point it was just a whole bunch of legal stuff, legal stuff with the vehicle, all kinds of situations, right, with that guy, my brother-in-law at the time, you know, basically my nephew's dad, and fi he finally pops back up again on social media, hit him up, sent him a couple text messages, he's a little hesitant, he probably still thinks that I'm gunning for him, so I just let him know, like, nah, man, I gave my life to Christ again, but I'm serious, I'm really rededicating my life to him. And I forgive you, I love you, and honestly, there's no hard feelings. As a matter of fact, if you want to go out to eat, it's on me. Of course, being weary, <laughs> you know what I mean? He never took me up on an offer. So, I kept trying to minister him and share the gospel to him. And he didn't want to hear it, you know? And this was recently, like this year, earlier this year. So, anyways, the whole reason I, I recorded this video, I mean this um, episode was that my nephew's memorial was on Saturday. And for some dumb reason, I thought it was like at one o'clock my time because my sister lives in Arizona. And it was at noon, so I completely missed it. You know what I mean? And I was so mad about that. I was mad at myself because I even like logged in because you could do it through like a Zoom or a Google meeting. So I even logged in like 15 minutes early but even when I logged in, the people that was running the, the thing, they never let me join the group. So I had to keep trying to log in, log in. And um, so at this point, man, I'm just used, I'm like completely used to everything going wrong in my life. I don't even get mad at people, situations, at random things. I went to try to go get an oil change yesterday. The first spot I pulled into there was a guy, there was a car in front of me in the the garage getting the oil change or whatever. And there was a guy in front of him that worked there in front of the hood. And usually when you go do those things, they'll like put their arm to the right for you to flash your right turn signal, to the left to flash your left turn signal. And I see him waving his arm, you know, to the right or whatever. But I'm looking at my phone because I'm trying to see if there's, I got could find a coupon. Excuse me, trying to see if I can find a coupon for um you know for the oil change and then um the the lane next to him that had a, a orange cone in front of it 
So next thing I know, this dude's standing like right in front of my car and he's shaking his arm mad at me, giving me the look of like he hates my guts. Like he's mad, like he thinks I was intentionally ignoring him. And I'm just like, man, I, you know what? I'm out of here. Because I already know the devil has already infiltrated this dude's thinking. He th He's assuming that I knew that when he was in front of that car in the garage waving his arm, he assumed that I that I thought we had some type of eye connection going on or that I telepathically knew that he was basically telling me to go to the other lane. Now, mind you, from my point of view, there's an orange cone in front of that lane. So I already know I can't go in that lane. The door's closed. And he's also in the he's got the hood open of the other car. And he's waving his arm. So I'm just assuming that he's doing the, the light, the turn signal check. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, I, I booked out of there. So I went to another location on the other side of town. It was a long drive, yada, yada. It kind of irritating, you know, went all the way over there. As soon as I show up, like as soon as I'm turning in, there's a guy driving on the wrong side of the road. So he almost hits me in a head-on-head -head collision. So I'm like, man, devil's working. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm just used to it every day, every day, just used to it. Year, I mean, my whole life, you know, now I'm just, I just know it's the devil. You know what I'm saying? So I just got to pray and just keep pushing. Go to this other location. As soon as I pull in, um, the whole computer system shuts down, blacks out. Guy's on the phone for like 20, 30 minutes. I'm waiting in the car. He finally comes to me. He's like, man, I have no idea what happened. I know exactly what happened, but I'm not going to start preaching to this guy. He's a Muslim dude that I could tell, you know, and um, I'm not going to start talking to him about Jesus and all that, even though that probably would have been a good opportunity to do it. I just really needed to get this oil changed because I was super late on getting it done. And oh, man. Anyways, um, the devil's just active. Um, I ended up had to go to a third location to get the oil change, right? And then it happened, they did the oil change so quick that I, I doubt that they even did it because as soon as the oil change was over, my check engine light came on. So who knows, you know, but that's $100 down the drain. What can I do about it? So this is every day I'm just dealing with that. Like the devil's messing with my job, my finances, everything that he can infiltrate, anybody he can he can attack to, to get at me or to cause problems with me. He's doing that because he's trying to set traps for me so that I sin and maybe forget to repent or ask for forgiveness for so he can try to get me to get be left behind or go to hell. Like that's the whole name of the game here. And most people don't understand it. And it's just, that's why I write books because I'm not going to be preaching the same thing to every single person. It's just easier for me to write books. People don't read the books. So now I got to record the audio to the books, right? So it's just always something. Like I'm all, it's just never ending drama, never ending work. The workload's always increasing. And half the time you don't feel like God's looking out for you, you know? At least that's how it feels for me. Long story short, this dude, Chris, ignored me. I contacted him when I found out his son died. Ignored me. Was sending him text messages, trying to communicate to him. Called him. Ignored me, ignored me, ignored me. Today, my sister sends me a video, and he's in Arizona, in her house, in the background, while she's uh, listening to Dear Mama, and she's got all my nephew's friends around her. Right? So... 
Obviously, I have a higher call in my life. Obviously, I know how the Lord wants me to, to interact and behave. I sent him a text message like, look, man, I sent him the picture from the video. See, you made it out there. Glad you made it. Even though you got hate for me, I still love you. End the text message. You know, explain to my sister what happened. I tried to log in. The, the chick didn't allow me to enter the discussion. So it's just it's, that's what I'm dealing with. Like everybody is attacking me. They don't even know why people sometimes people don't know why they're just being evil to people. So the whole message of this episode, this podcast, if you notice for some reason that you're giving somebody the cold shoulder or if you're automatically assuming something negative about a person because you don't like the way their face looks, don't assume that they know the way that their face looks. Because we're not walking around holding up a mirror analyzing every single facial expression that we have, right? So when I see people that, that looks like they're looking at me crazy, I just smile and look away. And I don't even do like a, a, a weird smile. I'll do like a half little smirk smile. You know, not a smirk, but just like hi. You know, like a gentle, kind, uh, shy type of smile, and just try to turn away. You know what I mean? And, and as a nice gesture. You know what I mean? To let them know, like I'm harmless. I understand that I have probably a resting, angry face as well. Everybody has a different type of resting face. You know what I'm saying? But. We just really need to go out of our way to be more kind to people. People are going to be the way that they are because demonic activity is super high right now. Just pray for them. Be kind to them. And leave it alone. Don't overlook it. Don't get in your feelings and just leave it alone, you know? Like, I let my sister know what was going on. I told her I love her. Like, let me design a hoodie for you, you know, because I do, I do clothing design. And, you know, I've had customers where they always want to put their loved ones on, like, a hoodie and they like, they love it, you know, give me a high quality image, I'll design a hoodie for you, it doesn't have to be a loved one, it could be anything, I've designed a hoodie for someone which I kind of regret, he's a friend of mine, but he wanted like the Joker and Chucky on it, Jared Leto Joker, you know, Harley Quinn and all that, but he he loves it, but he definitely loves the one of his daughter that passed away, you know what I'm saying, like he definitely wears that more, but whatever it is, you know, like, I try to do it, but obviously I'm, I want to focus on doing, you know, Jesus stuff, like putting scriptures on the hoodies. And the website that I have is briodeluz.com, B-R-I-L-L-O-D-E-L-U-Z.com. I'll put it in the description. And I'm not, I'm not on here to try to promote that, you know what I mean? I'm just, has nothing to do with this. It's just the fact that I, I want to show a nice gesture to my sister because you can, it's not like there's going to be a second memorial. You know, there's one memorial. I blew it. Obviously, I mean, that night, I just posted it yesterday. But Friday night, I had a horrible dream. You know what I mean? And then after that, I had like an alien invasion dream, which I posted at. So I was already being demonically attacked and I wasn't getting any sleep. And that's how the devil attacks me. Like, whatever he can do to mess up my next day... If he wakes me, if I go to bed at midnight and then I wake up at two o'clock, then I can't get back to sleep till six a.m. You already know, like the next day is going to be a bad day for me. Anybody who's not getting any sleep, I'm not getting any sleep, you know. And I post in the other video, like uh, the demonic attacks I was going through, and I tried to turn the comments off, but for some reason it didn't do it. And some chick was on there like, "Yeah, you need to stay away from watching all that inside." Like she's just assuming like she knows me. Like, you need to stay away from watching all the end times events, and God is not the author of... And she's just, like, preaching, like, she, like, 
Like, she knew me for a hundred years or something. Like, you don't know me. And it's just like, I'm kind of glad that when I have my podcast, even though people can't comment, for the most part, they don't. You know what I'm saying? So, it's kind of good, like, because we all need, like, a way to vent. You know what I mean? Like, we need someone to talk to. I don't have any close friends in my life. So, <laughs> whoever's listening to this, you're you're my close friend, okay? So, you know, and the cool thing is, if you skip it or fast forward it or just go to the next one, I don't know. So, it doesn't bother me, but it still helps me to vent. Because if it isn't this, then it's me talking to God. So, people are always seeing me talking to myself, regardless. But, yeah, I got to go to work and... um um, so yeah, I just wanted to share that, like, you know, I don't know what other people are going through, but it was just a lot of weird things, like, evolving, you know, my nephew's death, because there's another family member, because my sister, she remarried, and so she got family members on his side of the family, and one of his family members, she lives out here, and she was, she was telling me a couple weeks before my nephew, um, overdosed and died, that he's been begging her to come out there and live with her. And she hasn't let him. And I was like, well, you should let him. But I was like, I have an extra bedroom. He could come stay with me. But, you know, nobody wants to hear me talk about Jesus. She's like, yeah, you know, don't talk to him about Jesus. And I'm like, and I kind of got mad about that, you know. So I didn't respond right away. It took a couple of days. And I hit her back. And I'm like, please have him contact me. I've been trying to contact him on Facebook. I can't find him. I forgot that we were friends on Instagram, but we don't, he doesn't, inter, he never interacted with me on there. He was always super quiet, you know what I mean? So it's not like, the thing is, my sister, she took her family and moved to Arizona. So, and there was a point in time too, like she, um, she, my dad said that he was going to babysit her kids for her like one weekend because she had plans. And I, and she texted me like, I'm on the way. Tell dad I'm on the way. I told dad, he was like, oh, for God, it's this weekend. I got to go. And I'm like, well, where are you going? She said that you're a babysitting. He's like, nah, I don't want to do it. And that's, that's the type of dad that I knew. Immature, emotionally immature. I don't want to say cowardice, but he always did things like that. You know what I mean? Didn't want to face the music, you know, didn't want to, you know, he, that, he ran away from home. So his, his whole life in America is because he ran away from his dad and his family in Mexico and held a grudge until my grandfather died and never ever went back to Mexico or nothing. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's how we had that in us to where we can just cut people off and never think twice about it. It's really easy for us to do. Like my sister did it to me. I did it to my dad. My dad did it to my mom and his family. So it's just a bad, a bad trait. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 always it's always been easy for me to go somebody or cold shoulder them, you know. So I've been working on that, and it's tough because it's really not in my nature. But to, I mean, not in my nature to like try and kiss people's butt and suck up to them and all that. So I really don't like that because when you do that, they love it. They love to be able to ignore you. Like my brother, he's doing that to me right now. A lot, everybody does that to me right now. You know what I mean? But I just know I got to do what God wants me to do, and that's that. So, yeah, um, it's cool, though, you know what I mean? Because the only thing that matters is what God thinks of me. That's it. And just as long as I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do, which is forgive in order to be forgiven. 
Now, if they don't want to forgive me, they want to hold a grudge. I know what's going on. I know it's the devil. I'll pray for them. But at the end of the day, I did what God wanted me to do. And now the rest is between them and God. And so hopefully that could help you out there because I know if you're trying to be an obedient Christian, you're, you know, you're trying to be self-disciplined as a disciple of Christ and implement his teachings into your life, you're probably going to run into something similar, you know, and the devil's going to use those closest to us, which is usually family. You know what I mean? So deep down, it really doesn't bother me. <laughs> it really doesn't bother me if... Nobody wants to be around me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, all these people, I have moments where all these people was loving me, loving my company. But it's when I was living a worldly lifestyle, right? So I already know what's going on, you know? And if anybody's being fake, it's them. Because I'm trying to share the gospel to keep you from going to hell. That's, that's the only attention here. I don't want you to go to hell. So I'm already exercising a greater love because I'm looking out for your eternal situation. Whereas you're focused on trying to stick it to me now because you think it's really bothering me. Like, oh, I love the fact that every time he contacts me, I ignore him. I know it's eating him up. Nah, no, 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 it really isn't. You know what I'm saying? It's not eating me up. It's actually eating you up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I learned that. I learned that now. So, God is a good God. And I'm not I'm not trying to say that. I know I'm laughing or whatever. I'm not trying to be sarcastic in any type of way. It's just that when we hold grudges, we think that we're hurting them, but we're actually hurting us. And we're hurting ourselves to a level to where it could cost us our eternity. So, that's really nothing to laugh at. You know what I mean? But, obviously, you know, I'm thinking it's comical because... I know they want to hurt me, you know, and they're not hurting me, you know. I'm not laughing at the fact that they're hurting themselves. I'm just I'm just laughing because I don't know, you know. I think the devil because the devil thinks that he's getting over on me, that he's getting over on me in some type of way, you know, but he's not, you know. Jesus wins in the end, period. So anyways, God bless y'all. Um I might come back on here in a minute. Um but yeah, I got to I got to I got to log in to work. All right, peace.